effective chinuch in wartime. Part one. Chinuch parenting begins with the parent. That's the first part of effective chinuch in wartime. Is that we help you, the parent. But let's talk about you, the parent that's listening to this podcast. There's a lot of confusion going on, a lot of confused feelings. So many of us are are feeling all kinds of feelings on the one hand, and on the other hand, we're not knowing what to feel exactly. Should we be sad? We're nervous, we're worried, we're tense. Some of us maybe are not even connected to the what's going on. <clears throat> Some of us are more connected. People have told me that they don't bring in treats into their houses these days. Pizza shops are cutting down their hours. Are you allowed to smile? Are you allowed to make a joke? Should you walk around like on Tishabov? And some of us are walking around like on Tishabov. After all, what happened is was a virtual pogrom. So what exactly should we be doing these days? What exactly are the feelings we should be having? Where exactly should we put our focus? How should we conduct ourselves? That's the question everyone is grappling with. Can we smile? Can we joke? Can we laugh? Can we listen to music? Are we allowed to dance? Are we allowed to sing? Or no, this is Tishabov from here and on. That's the awesome, awesome question. So allow me to share with you something very interesting, and then I'd like to take this and move it on to another point. And that is, Rav Gershon Edelstein Zatzal would quote the Sefer HaChinuch. The Sefer HaChinuch says there are four basic needs that a person has. Need number one, to eat and to drink. That's a basic need that we have. Without fulfilling that need, we can't function. If we're not going to eat and we're not going to drink, we're not going to be able to function. The next basic need is sleep. You can't go too long without sleep. As much as you try to deprive yourself of sleep, the more you will deprive yourself of sleep when it's within your ability not to, then the more you're going to have to pay, one is going to have to pay a price. Because the body needs sleep. It's just a need we have. I know tzaddikim that are davening for years that they should be able to sleep less, but Hashem will decide this. We on our own can't force it. What are the other two basic needs? Menucha is another one, if I remember correctly. Taking a break. Can't keep going straight. And the fourth one will surprise you. It's simcha, happiness. Happiness is a basic need of a human being. We need happiness to function, and without it, we can't function. 
I heard from the great tzaddik in Yerushalayim, Reb Simaya Zilberberg. He said that he heard from, in the name of the Chazanish, that on Tisha B'Av, you're allowed to smile. Now, I take that to mean because we need smiling to function. He didn't say to laugh and jump for joy on Tisha B'Av. But we have to be able to smile because we have to be able to exist. We have to be able to function. Now that was some, Chazanish lived how many years ago? 60 or so years ago. So today, it's a critical need. Smiling, singing, hearing music, even dancing, even doing things that you enjoy is critical for our basic ability to function. Anybody who thinks that because the war is going on, we're going to stop eating and stop drinking and stop sleeping is making a very huge mistake. This war is a wake-up call from Hashem. Like the Rambam says, why do we have Tekiyas Shoifar on Rosh Hashanah? Why do we blow the Shoifar on Rosh Hashanah? The Rambam says to wake us up, Uru, Yeshenim, Mishanaschem, wake up you sleepers from your sleep. That's why we blow the Shoifar. So this year we didn't have the Shoifar on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. So Hashem is making a blowing the Shoifar for us now. That's why this war is happening, to wake us up. So the goal is that we should become woken up. That's the goal. Not to go back into more sleep. If Hashem wants us to be mischazek, to become stronger because of what's happening, so then is it then correct to make ourselves weaker to the point that we can't function? That's the exact opposite of what Hashem wants from us here. He wants us to strengthen ourselves. He wants us to improve. He wants us to change. You need strength for that. You need emotional strength for that, which without a basic happiness is not possible. Not in our generation. So it's critical, critical, to be an effective parent in wartime. And to be an effective human being and to be an effective Yid and heed the calling of Hashem, it's imperative, critical, crucial, and absolutely necessary that we maintain our Simcha Sachaim. We maintain our basic happiness. I heard from someone, I, I, I forget who it was exactly, but he said that even people, even in Auschwitz, some people would make jokes. I think those are the people that went on to live. We're here to live and to be mischazek, to become stronger and improve, not to become shadows of ourselves. That's not what Hashem has in mind. When He's blowing the shoifer to all the world and all of us in Klal Yisrael, He's not telling us to go to a deeper sleep. 
He's telling, it's, it's a call for action, a call for waking up. So we must have that basic happiness, which even on Tisha B'Av one has to have. And I indeed saw a picture of one of the G'dayli Yisrael, I will not tell you who, a picture of a G'dal B'Yisrael, it was on Tisha B'Av, the G'dal was smiling. He was talking to another G'dal, and he was smiling, even though it was Tisha B'Av. I'm sure he didn't keep the smile on for too long, and I'm sure he cried and mourned for the Beis HaMikdash with all his heart. But this was at a different time, I think around Mincha time. And that the Gadol was was smiling, talking to another Gadol. There was something that he smiled about. So please, Rabbi Isai, don't stop singing. Don't stop. I say Rabbi Isai, I mean every one of you. Whether it's men, whether it's women, don't stop singing. Don't stop smiling. Don't stop doing what you need to have your basic happiness. And if you need to laugh to get that back to that place of basic happiness, then do it. If you need to make a joke and tell a joke to get back to that place of basic happiness, do it. If you need to exercise, you need, whatever you need to be in your place of basic happiness, do it. Just we're not going to stop there. That's only the beginning. Now, of course, let's not confuse what I'm saying, please. We're not jumping around, laughing, dancing, and smiling like Purim. It's not Purim now. It's closer to sadder times and more serious times. I wouldn't say it's Tisha B'Av, and I wouldn't say it's Purim. I would say, like Rev. Elia Brudni Shlita said, it's like the Yamim Neroim. It's like, it's as if the Yamim Neroim, the Days of Judgment, are continuing because these are days of judgment for all of the Jewish people. So we must continue our happiness, our inner happiness. We must have it and we must do whatever we need to keep it going and feed it and recharge it. Whatever we need to do that. However, with all this having been said, we need to curb it. We can't just go and pretend like nothing's happening. We can't just go and be laughing out loud and jumping for joy. And there is a war going on. It is a time of judgment for all of us, not just for the people in Eretz Yisrael. It's a time when the right word to use is not we have to be sadder. No, we don't have to be more sad. We have to be more serious. That's what we have to be because it is a more serious time. But even in the more serious time, we must have that simcha in our hearts. We must have that simcha sachaim accompanying us at all times. It'll be We'll do it less openly, less outwardly, but we must have it within us. It has to be full charge at all times. I heard a Devar Torah from Rebshleim Zaman Oyabach, from my Rosh Yeshiva, Rev Adis Shlita, who said it over in the name of Rebshleim Zaman Oyabach. 
he made a calculation. It says Mishenichnas Adar Marbim Besimcha, and he says Mishenichnas Av Mema'atim Besimcha. He made a calculation like this. When Adar comes, you start being happy. How how long do you keep it going? Adar is one month. Nisan is another month. Eor is another month. Sivan, another month. Tammuz, another month. When do you start decreasing it? Mishanechnas Av, the beginning of Av. So you have five months of happiness under your belt, which you only started decreasing for nine days till Tisha B'Av. On the other hand, when did you start it? In Adar. When is Purim? 14 days after Adar. You only started being Besimcha for 14 days. When it comes Purim, you only started being Besimcha for 14 days. When it comes Tisha B'Av, you've already been Besimcha for five months. So according to the calculation, a person will be happier on Tisha B'Av than he is on Purim. That's what Rav Shlomo Zalman said. And he said, this is a vart, meaning it's not, the, it's not really the pshat, but it has truth in it, which is what we're saying. There are times we have to be more serious. These are those times. Outwardly, we're not going to be as jolly and as laughing out loud and as, and as joyous on the outside, but on the inside. We have to be full of that Simcha Sachayim, and that has to accompany us all the time. So you need to do whatever you need to do to get that Simcha Sachayim working at full strength. Now, what are we supposed to do with that Simcha Sachayim? What does Hashem want us to do? He wants us to wake up and improve. It is an important point to realize. And again, please don't misunderstand me. Don't walk around outwardly as if it's a regular day. We should walk around outwardly as if these are days of Yomim Neiroim. But we need that Simcha always accompanying us. The second point here is, this is a war that Klal Yisrael is fighting. If you look at it logistically, you look at it only through the eyes of a secular person. The Israeli army is fighting this war. But this is a war that didn't begin down here. It began up there. And it's clear, very clear. Rabbi Yaman Finkel from the Mir said, and other tzaddikim concurred, and it's very evident to anyone that knows one of my congregants who served in Gaza a few years back told me it's impossible to get through that fence separating Gaza from Israel without being noticed. It is virtually impossible. How is it that the fence was broken in tens of places and a thousand plus terrorists came of course with motorcycles and whatever other vehicles they used in how how did this happen? Clear. Ein oid milvadai. Hashem did this. Nobody else, nothing else. Hashem did this. That's how it happened. So this war started through Hashem. Like we said before, Hashem is blowing the shofar. It didn't start down here through people. 
the people were the result of Hashem's decision to start this war. The war started up there. And it has to be fought up there. Of course it has to be fought down here. We have to make our Hishtadlis. But the main war is a war at, that's taking place up there in the heavens. And it's a spiritual war that all of us have to be fighting. All of the our contribution, the contribution of every single one of us is critical for us to win this war up there. And then we'll win the war down here. So this is something important to know. If all we will be doing is following the news, if all we will be doing is, of course, we have to say to Hillim, and we have to daven as much as we can, of course. But there's something more Hashem asks of us, that we fight this war and we win through being mischazek, through strengthening ourselves. Hashem wants us to improve. He wants us to become stronger. He wants us to do teshuva. There's something He wants us to do. What is that thing that He wants us to do? We are fighting this war. And if we, the Jewish people, strengthen ourselves in the main areas that Hashem asks of us, then we will win this war up there and then the soldiers will win the war down here. What is it that Hashem wants us to strengthen ourselves in? So, there are so many things. And lev yoidea moras nafshoi, everybody knows what he has to strengthen himself in. But there's a klal Yisrael thing. There's something that we had to strengthen ourselves in even before the war. And the war only emphasizes this need to strengthen ourselves in this area. What is it? It's something we've had to strengthen ourselves in for the past almost 2,000 years, since we're in exile. It's what the Chafetz Chaim brings. It's what Chazal say. Our sages teach us. Sinas Chinam. It's time to become united. United, all of us united. Ahavas Chinam. A love for each other. That's what Hashem wants of us even before the war. That's what Hashem wants of us in order to get out of this exile. That's a big thing and it's clear that this is one of the main things that Hashem asks of us. Reb Dov Landau, Shlita, one of the Torah leaders in Eretz Yisrael today, said that Hashem wants us to become stronger in Torah, stronger in Diktuk HaMitzvahs, keeping the Halacha, but He wants a third thing from us. He wants us to be Toiv, to be good, good to others. Hashem, the reason we are in Golas is because of Sinas Chinam. This war is bringing us all together. That's what we see, a byproduct of what is happening here. And that's because this is one of the 
things Hashem wants of us chiefly to strengthen ourselves in Avas Yisrael, in Avas Chinam, in love for others. And that's why we said before we need our basic Simcha Sachayim, we need our basic positive feeling. Because or else we won't strengthen ourselves in anything. We'll just become weaker. But what's the point? Hashem wants us to become stronger. Stronger in Ahava for others. Stronger in loving others. Not weaker. So instead of being more tense, instead of being more confused, instead of being more sad, let's become stronger in loving others, in uniting with others, in feeling that others are our sisters and our brothers. That's what we have to become stronger in, even if they're different than us. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I stopped here. Because Klal Yisrael begins at home. It begins with those closest to us. If the calling is that we strengthen ourselves in love for other Yidin, in love for other Jewish people, then the first Jewish people we have to strengthen ourselves in loving are our spouses and our children. That's why I said it starts with us. So let's talk about our children. Our children can get on our nerves, especially these days, with the tension or with the confusion or with the frustration or with the plane being scared. And children can get on our nerves. It's like on Rosh Hashanah, Mamish, like Rabbi Eliyah Brittany said. On Rosh Hashanah, people get more nervous, more tense, but they're making such a huge mistake because the way to be Zeche in Din the way to merit a favorable judgment is to be more loving. And the more loving we are, the more favorable our judgment will be. Mida keneged mida, a measure for a measure. This is what Hashem wants from us. He wants us to be more loving to our children now. He wants us to be, we'll use the word, misgaber. He wants us to become strong in love, in love for our children. Strong in love so that this love will conquer all that stands in its way. So if I don't like a child, let's take that love and make it so strong that it will be stronger than my dislike for this child. Whether this child is a four-year-old, whether this child is a 14-year-old, whether this child is a 24-year-old, or even if this child is a 44-year-old. And maybe my child is getting on my nerves now. Let me say, may my love become stronger than my frazzled nerves. And it will overcome the Chazanish in his Sefer Amuna Bitochen has such an unbelievable sentence. In the first chapter, in the 11th paragraph, he says, he speaks about someone who loves to be good, 
Like we said, Reb Doiv Landa said, we have to be good. The Chazanish speaks about such a person who desires to be good, which should be all of us regarding our families at this time. Yesh Ish, there's a person, he wants to do good. He always wants to do good to the next person. And he goes further describing this person. I'm not going to read you the entire thing. You should look into it. It's an awesome paragraph of an awesome Sefer. But he has these words here. It's not even one line. Less than one line. Liboy, his heart, Hamole Ahava, which is full of love, Tichase Al Kol Peshoim will cover over all the wrongdoings. Peshoim is the most severe of all three, Chatoim, Avainis, U Peshoim. It's done from rebellion. The heart is so full of love, his heart that it will cover over even rebellious things that were done to us. That's what we're being asked to do. To fill our hearts up with so much love, so much so, that it will overcome any obstacle that stands in its way regarding our children. This is the calling of the day. And what about our spouse? Regarding our spouse as well, but our spouse did this, and our spouse did that, and our spouse doesn't treat me right, and my spouse... I'm not talking about extreme cases. I leave that for you to seek competent guidance from an authority. But cases that are not extreme, and not cases of abuse... Let's fill up, yes, the spouse is this and the spouse is that. Let's fill up our hearts with love, with Ahavas Yisrael, so much so that that will overcome the hurt that we feel from our spouse. Even if we're right. It's not a matter of being right. It's a matter of winning a war. We're all fighting this war. It's the war to get out of Golas. It's the war that Mashiach should come already. That's the war we're all fighting, and now's a chance. Nobody knows what's going to come of this war, but we all are fighting it. All of Klai Yisrael are fighting it in a spiritual way. And that love is going to win this war, the Avas Yisrael, because that's why we're in the exile altogether. So, now we're talking about ongoing interactions, day-to-day interactions. What about past baggage? What about if things have accumulated and we have an entire account of resentment in our hearts? It's like a full bank account with withdrawals that have been made, like we're keeping an accounting with certain people. And maybe it's not our children, maybe it's not our spouses, could be our sisters, could be our brothers, could be our fathers, could be our mothers, 
could be our in-laws, all the different types of in-laws, whoever they are, mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, father-in-law, who knows what. Could be a neighbor, could be an old friend, could be all kinds of things, and could be all kinds of reasons. Our job now is to get that Ahavas Yisrael, to fill up our hearts so much so with that love that it will be misgaber, it will become stronger than anything in its way. How about if we can forgive those people? A story came to mind. I know if a story comes to mind, Hashem, we have a Kabbalah from Rav Shalom Shwadron who said in the name of Rav Elio Lopian, if a story comes to you, it means Hashem wants you to say it because Hashem wants the people to hear it. So here's a story that Hashem wants you to hear. It was before Rosh Hashanah, a number of years ago. And for some reason, Thursday before Rosh Hashanah, I don't remember what day Rosh Hashanah came out. It was after Shabbos, but... And it was somebody that had hurt me terribly for months. And for some reason, I decided to forgive that person. And I said out loud in my office Thursday morning, Hashem, I forgive this person, and I truly forgave them. That night, I was coming back from a workshop, driving on the th- Highway 38 from Beit Shemesh. And in those days, this must be about uh, 10 years ago, maybe a little more. In those days, maybe a little less, the Highway 38 was one lane going one way, one lane going the other way. They used to call it the bloody highway. A lot of accidents on that highway. I was driving on one side, and suddenly, I was driving about 80, 90 kilometers, and suddenly a car came out of the opposite lane. I guess he wanted to pass, and he thought he'd be able to make it. He was coming directly at me straight at me, head on. And he was going about more than 100 kilometers. And I didn't believe what I was seeing. It was like I couldn't believe it was actually happening. I had about two seconds. The first second I said, this is not happening. And the second second I swerved quickly to the right and he missed me by a few centimeters. Crazy. Fellow who tried passing it, he didn't look if any cars were in the other lane. My life was saved by a few seconds, maybe by a second or two, from a head-on collision, which no way I could have made it. And when I uh, told this over a few days later, I went to the Kaisal the next morning, and I thanked Hashem. When I told this over to one of my students, he said to me, I, di- he, I didn't even tell him yet, he said to me, he just learned an interesting Zohar. He didn't even hear what happened to me yet, and he learned about Rav Chris Bedoy. Rav Chris Bedoy, I believe it was Rav Chris Bedoy, was supposed to die, and in the Shemayim, they decided that since he forgives, he's Mavir Al-Midaisav, so they're going to give him more life. I think 20-something more years of life. And then I told him my story, and we were both blown away. That's what happened to me. So, first of all, know that when you forgive others, you're doing yourself the biggest favor. But aside from that, let's rise to the call. It's wartime now. It's not regular time. Let's do extra things that we couldn't normally do in regular times 
because the situation is strengthening us to do so. And that's to forgive and to love our children, our spouse, our relatives, our neighbors, those closest to us, those around us, those we interact with, those at work, and so on, in our daily interactions and in general. And I say let's strengthen ourselves. That's our point here. This situation is not to weaken us. It's to strengthen us. Let's strengthen ourselves with our inner simcha. And let's strengthen ourselves with our avas Yisrael, with our love for others and with Hashem's help. We'll see the Geula very soon. This is This is part one of a series. We hope to continue. Be'ez Hashem, stay tuned for the coming episodes. If you wish to sponsor this series, then please be in touch with us at askrabbibrizak at gmail.com askrabbibrizak, B-R-E-Z-A-K, at gmail.com to sponsor one of our episodes. Thank you for joining us today.